Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here. Certainly is moving. Amen. But I've been in the Old Testament when the Spirit of the Lord moved. He asked for the people of the Lord to move with him. Amen. He said, I'm going to send a cloud by day and a fire by night. And when I move, I want you to follow along with me. Amen. Amen. I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. Just waiting on some of the people of the Lord to move along with him. Hallelujah. There were some out there started shaking a little bit, Pastor. There's a little bit. Some people started, oh, 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 the Holy Ghost. It's moving. Going to step in the water a little bit. Hallelujah. What do you need here tonight? Amen. He can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. The waters of the pool of Bethesda have been stirred. I wonder if there's anybody in desperate enough need tonight that wants, that is willing to step out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am aware that there's a lot of change going on, and I hope that does not affect, it always does affect, amen, uh, services and that, and I'm aware of that, and um, amen, but I know that all of us, amen, are interested in the number one priority, which is having Holy Ghost Church, having good church, amen, we've come to have good church, amen, hallelujah, that's what I've come to do tonight, amen, we have a special something I want to do before I begin preaching here tonight, and um, Brother Josh, if you could come prepare to get ready, and um, we, we have, amen, a special occasion this month, I mean, the month of October is, um, the month of October is recognized around the nation as Pastor Appreciation Month, and we want to make sure that we um, give Pastor Amen. Do honor them. I mean, the Bible says, amen, that we, that, that, um, well, I'm trying to think of what it says. Yeah. Some, brother, quote it, brother. Give honor where honor's due. That's what I was trying to remember. I, I knew honor and do were in there, but I couldn't get the rest of the words to go in my mind. Amen. But pastor, amen, certainly worthy of honor. And the Bible actually goes on to say in that same passage that, amen, double portion Amen, to, to those that labor in the word and uh, should have gotten the scripture pulled out. But pastors, we're the, worthy of double honor tonight. We want to ensure that we do that. Amen, we also don't want to forget Sister Regan. So we've, we've brought along some flowers. Go ahead and give those to Sister Regan. And um, we want to make sure that they're uh, worthy, that we honor them tonight. So I've asked Brother Josh to prepare and uh, just to share with us. You can be seated this evening. Um, share with us what's on his heart. And, um, and Brother Josh, if you're willing, could you please come? Thank you. Praise the Lord, church. So most of us, I think, have known Pastor for more than a few years. Uh, I have had the honor and privilege of knowing him for the last 15 years. I was doing some math back there a few minutes ago, and I was thinking about it. And on this particular occasion, being that it's been 15 years, um, I think, it, I think it'd be good to, to just go back and look through a little bit of history just for a minute. The word pastor derives from a Latin word, pastor, uh, which is derived from a verb that means to cause to graze, to feed. The Bible says that the man of God is to feed the flock of God, that he's the overseer of. And pastor over the last two decades, two plus decades, 
has done a tremendous job in teaching each and every one of us. A couple years ago, or well, actually last year, <laughs> around this same time, I had the honor and the privilege of traveling with him some 8,000 plus miles around the world to Africa uh, to see the people of Zimbabwe and South Africa. And I had the opportunity and the privilege to teach with him and to hear his teaching over there. And I can't tell you the profound level of wisdom that this man has in terms of the scripture. It's absolutely mind-boggling, if you will. The, the depth and the breadth of knowledge and the way he can just pull a scripture to mind and run with it and quote it. Brother Hilton and I both have struggled to do that for many years, as many of you guys have seen our mistakes in trying to do so. But I have watched this man for many years teach Sunday mornings, Thursday nights, Tuesday nights now. And I've seen his heartbeat and his burden as we all have. And so what more fitting of a gift to give him on this particular um, pastoral appreciation, sorry, brain freeze, than the Word of God. So uh, Brother Hilton has found that uh, the pastor's Bible is beginning to deteriorate from much study and use, uh, as all of ours should. And so he has decided that um, the best thing to give him, the church, excuse me, <laughs> has decided the best thing to give him would be a new Bible. So on behalf of New Life, I'd like to present you with this. Um, I, I don't ever get surprised. And so this is not right. So I can tell you, I was not, it just didn't even cross my mind. Uh, thank you. This is, um, we just discussed this. I, I made mention my Bible is the pages are starting to fall out and and uh, I said you know it's time for me to get a new one and and Brother Hilton was showing me the Bible they gave him in Colorado Springs and and I just made mention of that uh, I had had someone recommend to me an Allen Bible and they said the quality of the, of that Bible is just unsurpassed and. This minister was talking to me about what a good Bible it is. And so that's what they've gotten me. And uh, thank you. I, I know whose idea it was. And I know where it came from. Thank you so very much. I will cherish this. And uh, um, we'll see how long it lasts. But uh, I really don't think that our Bibles should last a whole long time. Uh, I think that we ought to be using them. In fact, someone once said, if you see a man whose Bible is falling apart, it's usually because he is not. Hallelujah. And uh, thank you so very, very much, church. We love you very much. I count it such a privilege, such an honor, and I think you all know that. As excited I, as I am for what God is doing in Africa, I, my heart is here, and this is my life, and I love New Life Pentecostal Church, and you good saints. And someone, someone once said that behind every good man is a great woman, and I, 
thankful for my wife, but I want to say behind any decent pastor, there are excellent saints. And um, anything that I could ever be, it's because God has blessed us with some of the finest people on the face of the earth. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We love you dearly. Thank you so very, very much. Just don't surprise me anymore. I don't like surprises. In 20, almost 23 years, there has only been, I think, one time that I've actually been caught off guard and surprised. It's always worked that somehow I've been able to find out. Not that I've been snooping, but it's just always worked that way. Uh, somebody else's mistake, people leaving notes on the pulpit and not realizing they left it there. And, uh, or, or if I'm out of town, they decide to make an announcement to the church and the sound man decides I don't need to hear it, so he just abruptly cuts the signal real quick. And, and I'm saying, something's up. Um, so it's never been that I've been just trying to snoop around and find out. It's just always happened that way. And so I'm just going to tell you, this is, um, this is a surprise tonight. I do appreciate it. Am I supposed to read the card or is that for later? Just for whenever. All right. Well, I'll read it later on so we can get to the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for this. I will cherish this gift. And a Bible that is given to me is always a very precious gift. In fact, if you walk into my office, you may not realize it, but sitting uh, on that little coffee table, there is a Bible there that is falling apart. But it was given to me by my grandmother before she passed away. And that Bible is marked up and pages uh, coming out and binding is off of it. And, but it was a gift, and I will hang on to it and cherish it. And I will this one as well, but I'll also put it to good use. So thank you very, very much to all of you. We love New Life Pentecostal Church. Do you want to say anything? All right. The only thing I want to say is it's clergy appreciation. Please don't call my wife to preach. She does enough of that when we're at home. So <laughs> my wife is a home missionary. Praise God. No, we love my wife. I'm so thankful. God bless you. Thank you so much, Brother Hilton. We love Pastor, love Sister Riggin, and um, want to ensure that, that they are aware of that. Amen. We're not just paying lip service. Josh, I appreciate your um, putting that together and thinking. Sister Desiree, thank you for getting the flowers for Sister Riggin. And uh, also, thank you to all of you who participated in this. And actually, Pastor, um, for clarity, um, you may think you know where the idea came from, but it wasn't me. I have to give credit to where, or honor to where honors due. Uh, there was a discussion with someone else that you, you had talked about your Allen Bible or someone, and they put it in my ear, and then that's why I brought up that conversation to confirm it. And then we went ahead and ordered it, so... Just wanted to make sure that it was the right one that you wanted. So I wanted to make sure, amen, that, that everybody is clear. Amen. If we could all stand tonight, First Peter chapter 5, familiar passage of Scripture for all of us here tonight. And um, 
I'm privileged to be in the house of the Lord. I did not take this service lightly tonight, <clears throat> but I also am not as prepared as I, as I normally am for preaching, which makes me a little nervous. And uh, it's, I couldn't really develop any notes. I couldn't really put anything down. But I've got something burning in my heart, something I mean, it's not really uh, that, that, and honestly, this is probably a bad place to be in, Pastor, because if you can't think about it enough and put words on paper about what you're trying to say, then it might be even more difficult to try to say it. But I'm going to go ahead and try to do that because I feel like the Lord laid this on my heart this afternoon, and um, I do have some, I have a page, a single page this evening, amen, just to give me pointers and direction where I should go, amen, once, amen, I run out of steam in one area, but... First Peter chapter 5, and we'll read verse 8 and 9 tonight. <clears throat> it says, to be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Say that. Can you read that last phrase with me? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Amen. Whom resist steadfast. Amen. This indicates to me that there are some that are, I mean, edible. There are some edible people out there. Yeah. Seeking whom he made the devil as a roaring lion is walking about stealthily, amen, hunting his prey, seeking whom he may devour, who those people that are edible. Amen. You might think that you're invincible. But God said that you need to stay sober. And vigilant. Because really, we're all vulnerable. I mean, I don't want this to be a negative. I don't know how this is going to turn out, honestly. But I'm just going to trust the Lord here tonight and give it my best. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to help us tonight. We need the grace of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Jesus, I'm asking for your anointing, God. I ask that you anoint my lips. Hallelujah. If you're hungry for the word of the Lord tonight, why don't you just magnify the Lord? Amen. Before we're seated, Jesus, we need you, God. We need you, God. Hallelujah, you can be seated tonight. Amen. Amen. It's typical for a young man um, such as myself to grow up and into his teen years develop a mentality that, that, 
that I'm invincible, that nobody can touch me, that nobody can um, really affect me in a way that would be detrimental to my life or that could uh, destroy me. They, they can't really, words don't really hurt me. Uh, you can't inflict pain on me. I am invincible. I'm a man. Look at me. I'm growing up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur. I'm going to build something of myself. I'm going to create something of myself. I'm not just going to settle into life, but I'm coming full steam ahead. And I know every young man in this place can, can relate to that because, because uh, it's just natural. It's a part of your, your consistency. It's a part of who you are. And, and if it's not, you probably ought to get that checked. Amen. Question your manhood. <laughs> no, I, it ought to be there. It ought to be in a young man that unless, unless you are wise beyond your years, amen, amen, you feel like you're invincible. Pastor said it the other day, everything that we touch crumbles but but when we're in this stage of life pastor I feel like sometimes some of us and and myself included when I was uh and sometimes I can get this mentality again it's one thing that I struggle with but I feel like everything I touch turns to gold and I I just feel like I can't do any wrong I I I just feel like I'm invincible feel like Feel like I'm not. I I just keep on trying, and and if some and if some of my effort um, goes by the wayside and is seemingly expended without effect, then then all I have to do is put more effort into it, and I can produce something. All I got to do is apply my mind to it, and I can produce. Uh, I mean, what I intend to produce. Put a little more elbow grease into it, and and work it out. Amen. I'm invincible. I can, I can do it. You, you don't have to be behind me. I've got this. I've, I've got it all in my hands and, and I don't need any help. Hallelujah. I don't need you to tell me how to do it. I don't need you to correct me where I'm wrong. I don't need you to, and, and, and if I'm not careful, I can arrive at this conclusion all over again. Hallelujah. And in that state, I submit to you tonight that I am the most vulnerable. I mean, if I feel like I'm invincible, if I feel that way, it's easy for me to deceive myself. It's easy for me to pull the wool over my own eyes. It's easy for me to lie to myself, to wake up in the morning and, and see the flaws, but, but say to myself, you know what? I've got, I can correct that later. I can fix that later. I mean, if it's really a problem, I, I can really, I can deal with it. Hallelujah. And, 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 the, and also the only person that can identify problems for me would be myself. I mean, nobody can tell me where I'm wrong. Hallelujah. Nobody can, nobody can correct the errors of my way. I'm right. And you telling me I'm wrong is only going to make me a little matter and a little feel a little bit more invincible. Just be a, that much more arrogant. Hallelujah. I don't know if any, I mean, I, I may be, 
being a little bit too transparent here tonight. Amen. But I'm just telling you the way, amen, it is. Amen. I, I, I don't want to um, be distasteful, amen, this evening. Amen. But I do want to use this as, as a story to, to illustrate what I'm talking about. When I was, when I, a couple of years ago, about this time, actually, about two years ago this time, um, in, in the early part, well, in the middle part of October, um, I, I had an accident, a four-wheeler accident. And, and the reason for that accident, I, I can go back and pra- look at it, analyze it pragmatically and just see, okay, this, it was off balance here and it fell back on me and, and, uh, and, and I had the accident. Or I can look inside of myself and, and analyze and say, why was I there in the first place? How did I get to a place of being unbalanced? How can I, how did, how did I arrive at that place where I allowed myself to fall? Because to, the invent, to a man that feels invincible, the only things that happen are the things that he allows to happen. And so... How did I allow myself to get into that predicament? How did I arrive there? And, and, I, start, and I would just think about then. Over the, I was in the hospital, I believe, for two months, if I remember correctly. Maybe. Is that right? Two weeks. Oh, wow. Thank the Lord. I was invincible. Anyway, see, that's, that is a sign that I'm no longer invincible because mom just corrected me in front of everybody. It was two months, Mom. No. But, okay, two weeks. Was it really two weeks? Praise the Lord. I've got a lot of corrections to make. Anybody's listening online, please share the word. It was only two weeks. Yeah, I was invincible. Man, recovered quick. But how did I get there? How did... How did I arrive in a state of such vulnerability? How did I get to a place where if anybody just touched my bed, I mean, it would send, I mean, and there were some cases, honestly, at the early stages that uh, the, just the air in the room caused me discomfort because I was hypersensitive to everything. And, um, and, he, and I got really spoiled during that time. Mom knows. I mean, I got... When I first started eating again, and that was a couple months, wasn't it? Okay, got that right. Um, I got cinnamon rolls for the first time. The first thing I ate after recovering, and I still had wires in my mouth, basically braces for my whole jaw, just holding everything in place. And um, I think they disconnected the lower jaw so I could chew. And so once I could begin to chew, wasn't supposed to have them, but my mom is so gracious. She special, she made um, some cinnamon rolls for me, special ordered, delivered them right to my chair, some milk, and it was wonderful. And I had, I think, two of them, and then I got sick. Amen. But what, the, what am I talking about that for? Amen. But but I, I felt invincible, and because of my in, that feeling, I mean, I arrived at that state of being vulnerable. And if I take this analogy all the way to its conclusion, 
I affected other people. There, there were a lot of people, not to mention only the ones that were on the four-wheeler the night of the accident, amen, that were affected. And some even went to the hospital that evening and then were released, amen. But some, some of those kids that were on the four-wheeler with me, amen, during the accident, I affected them directly. But indirectly, I affected all people, all kinds of people's schedules and people, amen. And I do appreciate, I don't want to neglect to say so, but I do appreciate every person that sacrificed and took their time, amen, to come and visit with me, amen, and um, at the hospital. Because I know, I know what kind of a sacrifice that is, if, especially when you're working a full-time job and you have to take time, amen, out of your day, amen, to, to go by, amen, the hospital. And, and usually you don't want to spend just five minutes and back out because then you're concerned about the thought family would have towards you and all that. So you want to spend a, qual- a quality amount of time with those folks, and, and so I understand, I appreciate, I appreciate all of that, but while I was in that hospital, I mean, I affected not only myself, not only my immediate family, not only those ones that I had affected directly on the four-wheeler, but I also affected many, many, many others, and when you are in this state of, inci- of invincibility, you lose, you lose awareness of everybody else, you do, you do. Amen. Is there anybody out there that's felt this way before? Can I get an amen? Yes. You do feel, I mean, you, you do ignore other people's opinions. You ignore other people's schedules. You, and, and it's all about me. Really. Amen. Conor McGregor is a UFC fighter. One of the most arrogant out there. Amen. Last evening, he was destroyed. Amen. By a by a Russian man who who uh, seemingly came out of nowhere. From what I understand, I don't really follow the UFC too closely, but but I I do remember the fight that he had with Mayweather because it was one of the most publicized. I think it was the second most uh, viewed fight in history between McGregor and Mayweather. And that happened last year, and Mayweather destroyed him. And then the same thing happened again last night, where McGregor got destroyed by Khabib, or Habib, however you say his name. I'm definitely not going to say his last name. Okay? But McGregor, you can, you can go and read the press conference, go and read the transcripts from the press conferences, or, or watch their press conferences, and see how arrogant he is. How blatantly just defiant of Habib that McGregor was. He brought up his dad. He brought up his religion. He brought up his country and threw it all in his face. And uh, he was trying to play mind games and and all this stuff. but, But McGregor felt invincible. I don't understand why. Because he just got his, he just got beat a year before and then by somebody else. That, literally the same cycle. I mean, defiant. And look at me, I'm the best. I'm from Ireland and, and I'm going to bring my Ireland heritage with me and I'm going to destroy this guy. And because of his invincibility, it made him vulnerable and he wasn't prepared. He didn't study. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, in my opinion, he didn't prepare himself 
enough. The difference, the key difference between McGregor and Habib is that Habib is a, a wrestler and McGregor is an MMA artist. He was, he is a, he just, he knows how to, he works on his feet. He does a lot of, um, and, and he debuted his, his regular boxing career last year with Mayweather and was beat on his first fight, which is kind of funny to me. But, um, so he, he's more, he's better on his feet, but Habib was better on his back. And since Habib was, re- was willing, amen, to lay down and, and get into, a, a, and, and you have to forgive me for this corny analogy, but he was willing to humble himself and, and get on the floor and wrestle it out. It didn't look as pretty. It didn't look necessarily like he was winning, but he was winning. Amen. Habib was, was willing, amen, to, to get on the ground and, and fight it out and, and get ugly. And, and it didn't look nearly as pretty. He didn't have all the tattoos that McGregor has. He doesn't look as, as gnarly and as, as, as ambitious and powerful as McGregor. Amen. But he just walked into that ring and took him out. Because he was willing to put in the work before time and, and study it out and he, was, he did all the necessary preliminary work. Amen. Amen. I'm going somewhere here tonight if you can ride with me for a moment. But because of McGregor's wool that was over his eye, because of his deception of himself, that he was so invincible that he could, that he would, he would win this fight walking away. There was, no, there was no stopping him. I read one quote where he said, me and Jesus are cool because God, God's like other gods. I mean, that was the kind of attitude that this guy has. Just to, and I understand the UFC fighters, that's just the way they are. They've, they've got that defiant attitude about them. There's probably a spirit associated with it too. And uh, amen, knowing, notifying the world that you're a god and all this stuff. That, and that's really what it all is. But, but, um, but McGregor has this just invincibility. You can't touch me, Habib. You can't, you can't take me down because, because I am, I am the champion. I'm the one that, that has, I, I'm 24 and whatever, four or something like that, 23 and four. If you know the numbers, let me know. But, I mean, this guy is incredible, incredible fighter. And I'm talking about his entire career, not just this year. He, he's an incredible fighter but because of his attitude because of his invincibility his his idea that he was that he is untouchable he walked up to that fight completely unprepared and the one that was prepared and then gave it to him and beat him first corinthians chapter 9 verse 25 says and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown but we and incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul the apostle, a man, amen, literate in the word of God, studying at the feet of one of the most popular, most renowned scholars of their day. Apostle Paul was the ace 
in his the A it was, got straight A's. Jaheim, he was he was the he was the top dog in that class. He was the one, amen, that knew everything there is to know about Judaism, and, and he was just a scholar. I mean, he called himself the Pharisee of Pharisees, and 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 he knew all the rituals. He he wasn't he wasn't inept at all this. He he was aware and and was capable of carrying out. Amen. All the Pharisaical, uh, if, if that's the all all the uh, ceremonies and and all of the belief systems that the Pharisees uh, believed. Amen. Paul was was the foremost in that category. But even he said, "I'm not just wasting my time. I'm not just. I'm not going into this fight ill prepared." I myself, Paul, can become a castaway. Apostle Paul, amen, can fall away with everything that he knows, with everything, amen, that he has in his back pocket, with all of his skill and knowledge and and everything that he has on the ball. Amen. Apostle Paul says, there's a chance that I could slip up in this fight. So I'm not just fighting as one that is beating the air, but but you've got to understand that I'm keeping my body under subjection. I'm working this out. I'm exercising. I'm training. I'm doing everything that I can do. If anybody could cut corners, it would have been Paul. If anybody could, could, uh, could, could cheat the system, it would have been Paul. I mean, any one of these UFC fights, they, they have... Before, before their fight, they weigh in the day before. And they, they have to make weight is how they refer to it. And there's a specified weight that each contestant, each opponent has to meet in order to be eligible to fight. If they don't make weight, if they don't cut all the fat, if they don't, if they don't do the necessary preparation prior to the next day's fight, they have to pay a fine. They have to... Because it's considered unprofessional, it's lazy of them, and it's, it's, it's disrespectful to their opponent. So they have to make weight. They have to make sure that they're disciplining themselves. And in some cases, if you're, uh, if you're a novice or if you're just getting into the realm of fighting, then it takes months, it takes years even for you to get to the proper weight and for you to exercise. And you can't even fight until you get into a certain class and then you can be considered qualified. And then you have to, prior to the fight, the day before the fight, I mean, this is Conor McGregor. He's the best of the best. He's the top dog. I mean, but even Conor McGregor had to check in the day before the fight. And if he wasn't, if he didn't fit, if he wasn't the right weight, then he'd have to pay the fine just like everybody else. Nobody gets any, uh, nobody gets any exceptions here. And the same is true for us. I mean, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. I mean, we've got to be diligent. We have to be sober. We can't, we can't just show up to the fight hoping that we're ready to go. I mean, pastor, I mean, in the past few months, I mean, since I, or the past, the last month since I've been here, and before this, I'm aware of, that he has explicitly 
Amen. Described our current situation as being a, a, as being in a spiritual battle. And the truth of the matter is, we're we're really all always in a spiritual battle. We're always going to be fighting until the day that we're walking on streets of gold. I mean, Apostle Paul said that I'm striving for an incorruptible crown. I'm I'm not just striving day in and day out for a corruptible crown, some nice house, some home, name recognition and, and, and fame. But he said, there's something much greater, amen, to me, amen, that's worthy of me disciplining myself, of me fighting and cutting weight and getting ready, amen, for the fights of my life. It's not just a one day, friend, but this is gonna, this is gonna take place day after day after day until, amen, we receive our incorruptible crown and I don't know about you but I want to give it my very best I'm not interested in showing up on fight day amen half uh, half hearted and, and and a little fat and a little chubby because uh, I've not been watching my weight I've not been I've been just enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season and 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 the things and the, the things I enjoy in life Amen, but the one that's striving for the mastery is temperate. He's balancing it all out. Is this right or is this wrong? Hallelujah. How does this compare? Amen, what will, how will this affect my spiritual man. How will this affect the fight? When I'm in there tumbling around, amen, with the devil, when, when the time of temptation comes, is this going to help me or is this going to hinder me? Hallelujah. The thing about the devil is he's not fair. And he sends in the one Amen, that is overweight. And because of his size, he can overpower you. So if you're not really striving for the mastery, if you're not temperate, if you're not, if you're not training and you're not ready for the fight, then they're just going to, he can just sit on you. He can just overpower you. I mean, that's the whole reason for that, that, that cutting weight. It says, men interested in becoming good at any sport, they must exercise. For example, in com- combative sports, fighters must meet a specific weight class standard. This ensures that the advantage is not granted to one opponent over the other simply because of their size. The fight should be based primarily on their ability to fight. Not because I'm bigger than you, not because I'm fatter than you or I can, I can push you around, but strictly on the ability to fight. The devil knows that he doesn't win. He can't win if he's playing by the rules. Amen. So he's going to come in overweight. He's going to come in oversized and, and out of class. And, and he's going to try and pummel you with lies. He's going to find your weak point. And push it. And push it. 
and push it. And all he's concerned about is winning. All he's concerned about is defeating his opponent. All he's concerned about is messing you up. My God, I feel this right now. Amen. And somehow, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of the enemy just pushing his weight around. Amen. So I'm going to start cutting some weight. I'm going to start cleaning my life up a little bit. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to start training right. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to do what I've got to do so when I come to fight, I can fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not okay with just standing ringside, Pastor. Throw me in the middle of them. Let me swing a few. Let me get a few blows in because I'm sick of the enemy pushing himself around. Oh, I wish somebody felt this way here tonight. Amen. Are you sick? Amen. Of getting up on Monday morning. Amen. And struggling with the same thing that you struggled with last Monday morning. Hey, man, that means you need to cut some weight. Hey, I'm not preaching anybody into hell here tonight. I'm trying to help you. Hey, man, I'm trying to help myself. Hey, man, God, I want to discipline myself. I want to bring into subjection my body. I want to bring into subjection this old carnal man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And really, you're the only one that knows. Maybe your coach. He might tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, how'd you do today? Well, I stopped by Pizza Street. They have those incredible Alfredo bacon pepperoni pizzas. I mean, did you guys know the Pizza Street makes to order? I know Josh does because he's the one that told me. You can literally walk in there. And I think, what is it, $5.99 now or something like that? Yeah, they, they've upped it because when I left, it was like $4.99. You can go into Pizza Street and for 6 bucks get a custom-made pizza. That's incredible. Now, if I was fighting in the UFC... I really like pizza. But it really doesn't matter how much I like pizza if I was in the UFC. If I had a fight tomorrow night, couldn't have stopped by that Italian restaurant today, Pastor. Even though it was good. It wouldn't have really, I couldn't just eat what I want. Just because it tastes good. And that, and honestly, and Pastor, if I get out of line, you just have to tell me. I was going to say pull my coattail, but it's sitting over there. But when we come to the house of the Lord, I've heard pastors say this a, long, a lot of times, so I don't think I'm out of order, but he can let me know and correct me if I am. But when we come to the house of the Lord, if I'll tell a story in just a minute. But if we come to the house of the Lord and we're already full of junk and the good nutritious, satisfying, healthy food, meat, the word of the Lord, and that's delivered over this pulpit. 
Amen. As, as it is always delivered, except when I'm preaching. <laughs> Amen. It's delivered, and, and we're not hungry for that. And the reason for that is because we're full up on other stuff. Pizza Street and Tony's and whatever else. Amen. I know it's, being, it's kind of funny, and I, I hope I'm not making it too light here tonight, but I remember a pastor telling the story. Of, it's kind of funny too, so. But the pastor told a story about him and Brother Riley. They would go, uh, they went to, there was a particular, were you guys traveling together? Okay, he was visiting. And you guys were in Colorado, right? No. You're, yeah, see, he's correcting me and I'm taking it all. So, South Texas, Brother Riley was visiting them. They were not traveling and nor were they in Colorado. However, they did go to the grocery store prior to dinner that evening because Sister Riggan needed some supplies. And uh, while they were there, do you know those little, uh, Sam's, they do this a lot. They have those little food uh, carts and you can, yeah, those samples there. And uh, was it tacos? Fajitas. See, I'm getting close. Closer and closer. That's a lot better than Colorado and South Texas. So I at least had the right genre of food, right? But fajitas. Fajita samples? No, it was just a truck out there. Oh, I see. So it was full-on fajitas, uh-huh, and they were promoting their meat, uh-huh, and, <laughs> okay, y'all got the story. They filled up on the fajitas, and then they went home, and, and, they, and they were sitting there at the dinner table. They returned with the supplies, by the way. They were sitting at the table, getting ready to eat, and as they were eating, Sister, uh, or Pastor was just kind of poking, and at his food, he wasn't really eating anything, and Sister Regan had to ask him what, why they weren't eating, and so then they had to disclose that they had already filled up elsewhere, okay, that was the whole point, so did y'all get the point, very good, <laughs> you got the point, <clears throat> he's funny, Amen. Amen. So, wow. Amen. The important thing, obviously, here, amen, is that, that we're not filling up on just whatever, amen, is available at our fingertips. We're not just going, and when we come to the church, it's, I mean, you might think you're covering it up, and you might think that when you're at church, um, you know, your worship covers it all up and stuff, and, and that you're convincing everybody that you're not full, that you're enjoying what's set before you. And, but the cook knows. The chef knows when you're not eating everything. Amen. I mean, we need to strive for something for, for the mastery. Of this whole thing. We need, we need to get to a place in our own personal walk with God where, where it doesn't require, amen, the, 
Sister Regan to be with Pastor at the grocery store and to say, hey, don't have the fajitas or or to be with the UFC, the coach to be with the UFC fighter. I mean, as he's walking around and eating his pizza street. I mean, but we ought to get to this to a place in our own minds and our own hearts that I'm interested in this fight too. I'm I'm interested in what's going on at church too. That it's not, this is not, I'm not doing this to satisfy anybody else. Man, but I'm interested in pleasing God. I, I want to strive for the mastery of living for God. I want to receive that incorruptible crown one day. I mean, that's, that should be worth it all. I mean, every sacrifice we have to make, I mean, everything that we have to give up, I mean, is, is, is worth, I mean, that incorruptible crown that we'll receive on that great and notable day. Hallelujah. We have to realize that we're not as invincible as we think we are. Amen. James chapter 4, verse 14, and I am closing here tonight. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Life is nothing more than just a brief moment in time, just a glimpse of time. We feel like we're invincible, but really, really just a fragile human being. The things that we produce here on earth, the things that we have at home and the things that provide comfort to us, all these things are temporary and will pass away one day. But what we need is something eternal here tonight. Something that goes beyond our life. This, This is what we're building here on earth. We need something that will carry us beyond this temporary life. You want, you want to know what that is? We need the Holy Ghost. We need God to carry us beyond our life. We, we need I mean, to live our lives, this temporary manifestation of ourselves. We need to live that life in such a way where the Holy Ghost is pleased to take us beyond this life. I mean, I, I realize this is simple. I mean, I'm not a very complex dude. But I want, I, I, I want personally, I want to conquer this thing. I want to overcome this thing. I, I want to have victory. Amen. I want to see revival. Amen. But it all starts right inside here. Do I have victory in my own life? Do I have a purpose in my own life? Is is this, is what I'm living for temporary or is it an eternal thing? Am I I fighting for the mastery? And I could tie it into that corruptible crown versus incorruptible. Am I fighting for a corruptible crown or am I fighting for an incorruptible crown? Hallelujah. Can we all stand here tonight?
Hallelujah. Be sober, friend. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to be aware. We've got to be sensitive. Words, as I heard recently, mean things. What I say about someone, it's not just empty words. They affect. The places that I go, they have an effect on my spiritual being. The thoughts that I dwell on have an effect on my spiritual status. If I, if I am trying to cut weight, trying to prepare my spiritual man for that fight, can't just absorb everything that passes by, but there are some things I'm going to have to reject. And, and friend, only you are aware of those things. Only you, amen, know those things. The coach isn't always going to be there. Is this too simple? Be sober, be vigilant, because the opponent is trying to beat you up. Resist him in the faith. Knowing that you're not the only one going through what you're going through. If you look across this congregation, it says the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We are all in this world. In the world, but not of the world. We are in this world. And that affliction, that thing you're dealing with, that thing, you're, that weight that you're trying to cut, you're not the only one trying to cut weight here. I'm trying to cut weight. I'm trying to get myself ready. I'm striving for the mastery. I'm trying I mean, to fix myself, to get myself ready. Because when it comes time to weigh in, I don't want to be viewed as being lazy. I don't want the Lord to look at me and say, and not say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want him to look, I want him to look at me with, if I could say this, pride and wow, well done. Good job. You've cut all the necessary weight. You're ready to go. Hallelujah. If we could all just come around to these altars and don't 